0: Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny. Have you ever wondered wondered what happens when you die? That's something we don't like to think about all the time, but I guess it's secretly embedded in the back of our minds, like what really happens? We hear so many different stories about that. Do you go to a white light? Is there nothing there? Is there heaven? Is there hell? I think we've all experienced thoughts about that. Well, tonight we have a great show. Our guest, Barry Eaton, has the answers. He's an expert in past life regression. He's the author of two books, Afterlife and his new book we're going to discuss tonight, No Goodbyes, uh, gleaned from experiences with the spirit world about destiny, free will, world unrest, the effects of negativity and addiction, dealing with skeptics, soul energy guidance, consulting mediums and psychics, soul growth, and other insights into the bigger picture. And we're going to bring Barry on. He's calling in from Australia, and we're going to bring him on in a few minutes and get started right away with the show. Now, this is Guys Guys Radio, uh, the place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. And we like to say better men, better world. So we're here to make a positive impact. And the whole Guys Guys movement started with my novel, The Guys Guys Guide to Love, which you can pick up uh, in bookstores or online at places like Amazon. You can get the physical copy or an ebook. You can catch me at Facebook, Robert Manny Author, Twitter at Robert Manny YouTube, Robert Manny Author. We've got lots of videos there, Guys, Guys videos, and all podcasts of Guys, Guys radio are available both on Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. Download them for free. Subscribe. My website is robertmanny.com. We do a weekly blog. We've got over 205 weekly blogs so far, and we've got another one coming out tomorrow. Uh, let's really quickly talk about what's going on in the the world today, and then we'll bring on Barry. So this is Wednesday, October twenty eighth. Um, it's a rainy day in New York City. Uh, it's one of those days where it's like, okay, the weather's changed. Here we are with the fall. I picked up a head cold, and uh, and it's raining and dreary. And uh, you know, everybody has their own little remedies. And you know, if you go to the store and buy some of the pharmaceutical stuff over the counter. They basically repress symptoms. What I like to do is go with some type of homeopathic natural ways because if you look at nature, you can find natural cures to just about anything. So I have found that um, buying some ginger, preferably organic, peeling it, cutting it up into slices, putting it into a pot of water, not too much water, just enough to make some tea, cooking it down for about 20 minutes, Uh, ginger has antiviral properties, so it kills germs. What I like to do is, uh, when it begins to steam, I put a cover on it and there's a vapor there, take the top off the pan and inhale all of the ginger vapor. And, uh, then I drink the tea, pour it off and drink the tea and maybe I'll eat a couple of pieces of ginger along the way. And I find if I do this for a day or two, I'm cured. It just kills all the cold germs. So a little guys, guys tip for you in terms of wellness. Um, so give that a try or consideration what's going on here in New York. Well, the New York Mets, one of our baseball teams, uh, is in the world series. They lost the first game. I think it was 15 innings last night. Uh, personally, I'm a Yankees fan. Um, you know, and if you're in New York city, you don't like the Yankees and the Mets. It's usually one or the other. Anybody says they like both. They're not a real baseball fan. And as so I'm concerned because <laughs> it's very team oriented in this town when it comes to Mets or Yankees. Uh, Living in uh, uh, uptown in the Harlem area, wherever I go, I see Yankee hats everywhere. Regardless of the Mets being in the World Series, it's kind of Yankees territory. So, And I have a Yankees hat and my little son wears his Yankee cap also. But we're keeping track of the series, and uh, it's good fun in New York where you have one of the teams represented. And uh, it was kind of a surprise with the Mets, so we'll see what happens. Elsewhere this evening, we have the, the... Third Republican debate, and it's been a real circus. There, we've got uh, Donald Trump and everybody else having a little battle royale tonight. I think they're going to discuss the economy, so it'll be interesting to hear the Republicans talk about the economy because they're very into what they consider to be free trade, and uh, you know, no government intervention in terms to how how things work, which has some benefits and has some has some uh, downside to that too. Because if you let kind of the the fox in the chicken coop uh eventually you're gonna run into some problems. So you have to have some uh some type of guidelines. Uh but you can't have too many guidelines where you can't do business. So we'll see what they have to say. And it'll be interesting if Donald Trump, the uh very rich guy in New York, can hang in there with the lead he has and go up against uh who probably be Hillary Clinton. That'll be a very fun experience to watch so at it. And uh and I think we'll probably end up seeing the first female president in the United States long overdue in this country. And it's interesting because, uh, you know, bringing Barry Eaton on the show, he's from Australia. I've been to Australia. It's a rather conservative country, but it's also a real freewheeling country. Beautiful, beautiful uh, climate. I've been to Sydney on business. I spent about eight days there and I found that the climate, kind, it's kind of like a combination of L.A. and San Francisco but the best of those two worlds and the people are fantastic. And, uh, but it's not a super liberal country. It is conservative in some ways. And the government's usually pretty conservative, but it's a, it's a great part of the world. And uh, I'd love to go back there at some point. So let's talk a little bit more about our guest. I mean, Barry is a, he's also a radio host in Australia. Uh, his first book, as I mentioned, is called afterlife uncovering the secrets of life after death. And the second book is no goodbyes. And in the first book, um, He uh, starts to get involved with past life regressions uh, based on a partner that he had for a short time in this life. And as she after she crossed over, she's been kind of guiding him uh, to and communicating with him through other mediums. And it's expanded his uh, wheelhouse, if you will, in terms of his psychic abilities and uh his ability to uh go deep into past life regressions and uh, one particular instance he goes into uh into a past life of a soldier who was alive in the uh, World War 1 who gets killed in a battle and uh Barry goes back and sees himself in that version of himself if you will leading all the way up to when he decided to come back into this world as Barry. So it's really fascinating. And as a, as a fellow hypnotist and somebody who's conducted past life regressions, as well as been, uh, subject to past life regressions, I've gone through eight of them and, uh, I've done it for probably about a dozen people on the, uh, you know, doing them. It's a, as a hypnotist, believe it or not, it's, it's pretty easy process. Once you get somebody relaxed to get into the past life regression, uh, To go as deep as Barry has gotten, not so easy, but um, it's fascinating. It's not like you sit there and watch a movie necessarily, Um, but you do get uh, kind of a knowing and you do get some glimpses of where, where, who you were, where you are in a past life and um, how you passed. And it is a, uh, you know, it's not, it's not emotional. You watch it and you learn. And what I found was, and maybe Barry will corroborate with this, is that, I was basically the same person in all of my past lives. I was only a woman in one of the past lives I went through. I went through like eight. I think I was a guy in seven. And I had, you know, similar types of positions for the most part, uh, the ones at least I experienced. And I was kind of the same type of person, but it set up in different situations. Um, it's really fascinating, though, and I learned about myself and I learned that you know, there is karma and you have to come back and you have to... Uh, Take care of certain situations. So when we're when we're experiencing life, when we're running into the same issues and the same type of people over and over again, it usually means that there's some unresolved karmic issues that we have to resolve, and we have to deal with them. And if we don't deal with them, they're going to keep coming back until we kind of step over them and get to the next level. And uh, that's all part of our. Vibratory ascension, if you will, and raising our vibration. And it's really fascinating. So I love doing this show because, you know, it started out with relationships basically, and now it's more about human relationships. And we're getting a lot of metaphysical and spiritual writers and uh, personalities on the show. And we're learning a lot more about how when men and women can be their best, everyone wins. So without further ado, let's bring our guest. He's calling it from Australia, and I apologize for having me on hold a little bit, but let's bring him on right now, Barry Eaton. Uh, good evening, or should I say Hi good there, morning, Robert. Barry?
1: Yeah, well, it's mid-morning over here in Australia, Robert, but uh, yeah, it sounds like we're sharing the same kind of weather, because it's overcast and cloudy where I am as well.
0: Well, that's interesting, because when I was in Sydney, um, it was gorgeous every single day, and I made the A rookie American mistake of going to the beach and absolutely frying up in like one day because of the whole ozone (laughs) issue issue there. And Like, my goodness, I got to the beach and there was so many gorgeous women who were topless on the beach. I didn't want to leave because we're so repressed here in America. Everybody has to wear cover up everything for the most part. Um, But I got fried. But I had a great time. I really love Sydney. I really love the people of Australia. And it's a great, unique culture. And you're far enough away from everything that you can kind of maintain that, that, you know, your own personality and culture there. So uh, you're a lucky man living where you live. Uh,
1: Thank you. And uh, we'll have to sign you up as a tourist ambassador, I think.
0: You know what? Um, My my wife wants to move to – I've never been there. She's like – has done some research because – she wants to move to New Zealand, so I've never even been there, but uh, apparently that's another – I know there's a little rivalry between Australia and New Zealand, but supposedly that is a really fabulous place also.
1: Oh, look, so, lovely place. I was in New Zealand earlier this year. I like going there, but I like living in Australia, and a lot of it. New Zealanders like living over here as well.
0: <laughs> okay, anyway. I'll, have to, I'll have to shoot you an email and ask you about that because she's pretty serious, and I'm like, oh, that's a big move. So, especially coming from New York City, so uh, I got to tell sure. you, I as uh, as I had mentioned earlier, we spoke briefly. I read both your books, and uh, you know, first I read No Goodbyes, and then I went out and got uh, Afterlife. And um, you can certainly read No Goodbyes as uh, you know on its own; it stands by itself for sure. I went back and read Afterlife though, and it really painted a very uh, textured picture of your experiences and um, your your dealing with past life regressions and the afterlife. So for the benefit of our listeners, could you, uh, because, you know, you're a businessman, you're a radio personality, uh, you've been in kind of the show business area. How did all of this happen in a nutshell?
1: Well, there's always a catalyst for these sort of things, Robert, as you probably know with your experience. And the the catalyst for me was uh, a divorce Back in uh, 1989, 1990, and I was doing a radio program at that stage on commercial radio in Sydney, and um, the psychic that I was working with at the time, I was hosting the show. She said to me on air one night, "You know, you're going to be doing this sort of thing yourself for a certain." I thought, "Oh come on, you know, I'm, I'm running a PR company, I'm working on radio, TV. I've got, I'm working seven days a week, as it is, 80 hours a week. What am I going to fit all this in?" Anyway, she was right. Uh, shortly after that the uh, the divorce happened and I decided to study astrology with one of the other guests that I had on another show I was doing. And uh, that was the the beginning, Robert. That for, that really set the platform for all of my future studies, if you like, and my future life. It was a real turning point. A few years later then, I, I met my late partner Judy back in 1993 and we were only together four years. And you mentioned earlier on how it was a short time but a very meaningful one. We have a huge soul connection. And when she passed back, after only four years, she passed back into the afterlife, we've maintained our connection at first through mediums, and then we have a direct connection. And then for my books, I've also connected with her through various mediums. And she's helped open the door. In fact, she was the one that nagged me from spirit into writing afterlife. I kept uh-huh. receiving these messages from various places including a, a good mate of mine, the late Robert Murray from Canada, saying, hey, Barry, when are you going to write this book? I've got Judy here saying, come on, get on, write the book, man. <laughs> so I go, all right, I've got to write this book. So, so I did. But my life really changed for the better, I've got to say, Robert, back about um, 24, 25 years ago after a divorce. And there's always a transformative experience in sure. everybody's life. And if if we take the opportunity, it can be life-changing.
0: So the first when you're uh, two two questions here, first of all, um, when Judy passed, um, how did she contact you to kind of set the ball uh, rolling, if you will, to getting involved in what you've been involved in? And also, why did you choose astrology as a uh, getting involved place to get involved?
1: Look, astrology just seemed to go, well, I used to have this astrologer on my program, and also I had a numerology expert, and both of them, as soon as they came on, the switchboard used to light up with listeners from all Mm over the country. And I started to get interested in them myself, and it just seemed the natural thing to do. But with Judy, uh, I contacted her, or, or she contacted me through a medium about three months after she passed. We'd started a radio show together, Judy and I, And it was called Celestial Power, which I've written about in my book, Afterlife. And the uh, medium came on a couple of weeks before Judy passed. And she contacted me, the medium contacted me about three months down the track and said, would you like to speak to Judy? And I said, well, yes, I'd love to. But she said, well, she's come through and she wants to talk to you. So as I've written about in Afterlife, I went to see her. uh, uh, Ruth Wilson, this is the, the medium. And then... We were given permission by the powers that be on the other side to Mm -hmm. continue our conversations. And it started off with automatic writing, and then gradually, bit by bit, my uh, medium abilities, shall we say, increased exponentially. I'd already been working as an astrologer and a psychic, along with my radio and and other work, for quite some time. So this was just the next level, I guess.
0: Do you feel that, um, you know, with your psychic abilities, that's something that... You knew like supposedly everybody has some abilities, but only certain people kind of develop them. How how did you know you had that ability and what did you do to enhance those abilities? I know you went to a school in the UK, but um, just from a you know, personal standpoint, how did you know that you had a uh, uh, the abilities there and that the ability to actually increase your psychic abilities? And why was that something you were interested in or drawn to?
1: Well, it started with the astrology diploma that I did. Part of that, at the very end, included learning the tarot. And it just was a natural thing to me. It, it came very, very easily. And then I was thrown into uh, into deep water, as it were, with a mind-body-spirit festival here, when the guy who was running it was my astrology teacher. And I just walked in one day to see how everything was going, say hello and he said, Oh, quick, come and do some readings for me. We're desperate. We're desperate. I've got more people and we haven't got <laughs> I haven't done any readings. He said, don't mind I haven't got any cards with me. No, 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 here, borrow mine. So I sat down then and five minutes later I was doing a reading for somebody. I'd never done a reading in my life before. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden I'm doing a professional reading at a Mind Body Spirit Festival. Well, the guys on the other side must really like me because things opened up and things happened And I immediately, I I think it's like anything, you get thrown into deep water, you either swim or you drown. Well, I swam. And from that moment on, I was hooked. And I've just done more and more and more. I still do psychic readings for people. I combine that now with astrology, psychic, a little bit of medium whenever it comes through. But I don't chase all this, Robert. People come Mm -hmm. to me, and that's my sort of it's my agreement with the universe i say look i'm not going to go out there and advertise and and do whatever but if people find their way to me which they do uh, then i'm most happy to help them to help themselves now if you're uh let's say you go to a
0: restaurant or you meet somebody in the supermarket or you're on a train do you know things about people or can you turn that on or off or do things just come to you Uh, how does that work in your day-to-day life
1: well, look, I guess it's like being a professional baseball player or football player. You're not going to go down to the supermarket in your gear and start hurling the ball around, right. are you? Uh-huh. you? You turn it on, uh, you turn on your abilities, and you live according to the moment. I don't walk around openly connected to spirit all the time, looking for and tuning into people. That would be very invasive. That would be against the principles of doing any of this kind of work. Before I do a reading with somebody, I open myself up and tune in to my spirit energies, my guides on the other side, and uh, presumably theirs as well, and then I'm there to help them. But as soon as that's over, I had somebody ring me last night, for instance, um, talking about doing a reading. I said, "Look, how's it going? She said, oh, look, everything you said to me was going to happen, and it happened in September. So that's great. What did I tell you? Because as soon as it's over, I don't remember anything. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'd be walking around with a head that was bursting full of information sure. that, that doesn't really sort of um, help me get through the day. So it's there. I use it. I help people, and, and then I let it go. But walking into a supermarket, I don't want to tune into anybody else, <laughs> particularly uh-huh. maybe if I went into Walmart or somewhere. It might be different. But, right. wow. uh, anyway, I've seen some of those calendars. Um, so I, I'm not really interested in tuning into people unless they ask me to got it
0: now let's talk about past life regression as i had mentioned i i am an advanced clinical master hypnotist i don't practice a lot but i have all the training and the accreditations and i've done past life regressions and i've been through them and i actually found and maybe you agree sure. or disagree that um you know when you work with somebody on an issue whether becoming uh becoming a non-smoker or weight management or sleeping better or i find the biggest issue i deal with with helping people is uh, self-esteem, uh, which relates to a lot of different issues. But I always found, you know, when we were we were doing the training, you know, the, the the hypnotists in training, we loved to get hypnotized. So it would be like five, four, three, two, one, out. And everybody, you know, loved just getting hypnotized. And we did a lot of past life regressions. And I found it was actually uh, one of the easier things to do where you lead somebody down a corridor and there's different doors and you tell them to pick a door and they go through and then. You know, you have them kind of look at sure. their feet and figure out what they're wearing and then look around and uh, then it kind of flashes through. You can guide them a little bit, but you kind of get to know who they are and what they experience. Um, is is that an accurate description of uh, past life experience work?
1: Look, very much so. I've done that uh, on, well, I, I still do it with uh, individual people that I can help, but I always explain to people this is not some kind of time tunnel Hollywood experience. You want to go into the past, into other lives, to be able to see what you need to know in this life, maybe what Mm -hmm. you brought back karmically or what you brought back to work on uh, from a previous life. And they will go to that life accordingly. You don't go there just to see if you were Cleopatra's barge boy or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's not a fun thing. It's very therapeutic. Now, I went back into my experiences. First of all, for afterlife, I was taken back into my previous life. And then after that, I went through the from the death of that life right through the afterlife experience, right. the life between life, and then right up until uh, the birth in this particular life. But for my second book, I was taken down by a life between life therapist who works in the Michael Newton uh, Life mm-hmm. Between Life program, I, I guess, you know, Michael Newton, the wonderful yep. U.S. Uh, psychologist and author, Journey of Souls, Destiny of Souls, etc. And I had a four-hour regression that took me back into some a couple of very, very deep past lives that I had no idea about uh, for, and I've written about it in detail in my book, No Goodbyes. Mm-hmm. So the whole area of, of um Past life regression is is fascinating, but you, you can do it in a different way. Robert, I, years ago I, I was on board a uh, a ship as a guest lecturer, a cruise ship, mm-hmm. and I did two back to back cruises all through the Pacific Islands. And I was doing a lecture one day, a talk one day about uh, astrology, the next about numerology, the next, and then I did some past life. And I had two hundred and sixty people crammed into this theatre, and I did a mass regression on all of them. Wow! You know, I took them all back in a past life, That's which amazing. was quite fascinating. Because a couple of them came up to me afterwards and said, you know, we were there, we didn't believe this. I only went along, this guy said, because my wife wanted to be there. I didn't believe any of this nonsense. Mm-hmm. And he said, and then I went back and I suddenly found myself under these circumstances. And a few people contacted me after the cruise and I, I did some group work with them. And taking people back in groups into past lives can be quite fascinating. So wow. I've done a few things like this and it's um it's it's amazing what the results are because everybody mm-hmm. of course has got their own unique story about this life, the afterlife, previous lives, everything. I mean we've got seven billion plus people on the planet. Everybody has their own story and this is what makes it so fascinating.
0: Well let's talk a little bit, just uh we'll we'll get into uh, no goodbyes in, in more detail, but the the one past life that you really get into in, in afterlife, and it continues on uh, into uh, no goodbyes, is uh, Brian, I believe, is the name of the World War One soldier, and um, he yep. uh, he he died in battle. And um, why don't you take us through uh, what happened to you when you went back and regressed? Like what happened when you saw him die? going through whatever the experience was of uh, dying and crossing over and then going to the fishing village he lived in and then meeting his soul family and his regular family and then all the things he kind of learned and then leading up to your incarnation into choosing this life.
1: (laughs) Robert, that's the entire book. I can't do that in five minutes. (laughs) You just asked me to summarize and tell the details of my entire. Okay, let's start.
0: Let's do it this way. I apologize, but it's just so fascinating. But what happens when (laughs) when you what happens in your opinion then when um you die? From what I've read, is the the experience uh, is tailored to uh, somewhat to personal belief systems. So you know, in my opinion, most people have no idea what's going to happen when they die and they just go into it. And they probably eyes wide open or eyes wide shut, whatever. But other people have very firm beliefs. And when they cross over, they if they're Christian, for instance, they might be met by a Jesus type character, or angels, and then members of what could be a soul family or their family. And then things happen from there. Could you just kind of take us through a little bit about what what typically happens to individuals when they pass?
1: Yeah, sure, sure. Sure. Look, I'm I'm happy to to give any details I possibly can here. Um, our belief system is very important and that's one of the reasons that I wrote this book to help people understand that there is no such thing as death the way we are led to believe. Only the body dies because we are a spirit energy a uh, soul energy uh, wrapped around a spirit as a vehicle that uh, lives forever. It's just immortal. And it comes back every now and then to have another life, embraces a human body, to have that experience. When the time is up, the body disappears, and back the spirit goes back to the mm-hmm. afterlife. Now, everybody's trip is different, and everybody's journey back there, everybody's experience is slightly different. I was allied to, say, Uh, you and I going out to uh, the airport in New York and jumping on a plane and heading off to Paris with a whole group of people. There might be 350 of us on a plane. We all get off in Paris. We go through customs. We go through immigration. And then some of us are met. Some of us go all different directions. We've all got one purpose, flying to Paris. And we all end up in Paris. But where we go there, when we get there, we all have our own individual experiences. It's much the same with heading back home into the afterlife because the afterlife the world of spirit is our real home australia united states Mm -hmm. wherever we choose to live that is our earthly experience so when we do shed the body and we go back again we do have certain common experiences like that plane load of passengers we are met customs that are there people meet us there's always somebody coming over uh, waiting for us. In my case, in my last life, my grandmother was waiting to to escort me there. I remember as a kid, my grandfather talked to his sisters and various other members of his family just before he crossed over. And I was only reading yesterday about uh, a uh, study that was done, actually was in New York recently, and so many people in hospitals talk about dead people or people approaching so-called death um, being met by relatives and friends on the other side communicating with them Mm -hmm. so we communicate with these people they meet us nobody's ever left alone nobody ever gets over back into the afterlife and suddenly looks around all on their own there's always somebody there even if you are an orphan in this life even if you've got no family Mm -hmm. there's always somebody there so then most of us end up in some kind of a healing situation because we're taking back the imprint of whatever it is that we've had in our life here so if we had a long illness, for instance, the imprint of that is still on our spirit. So we have to go back and have that healed, and we go back into various kind of healing centers. In my case, I went back to something that I would have expected to go back to, a kind of a, a hospital where I was in a ward, I had a nurse, but you know, I was, I was a soldier in the First World War. That was what I would have expected. There are many, many different forms of healing. You, you don't have medication, you don't have people pumping you full of horrible drugs or something. It's done with a lot of love. In my case, there were various um, blue lights and and various things like this, the lighting that was brought in to to help me. Some people, I believe, also end up in very open, wonderful nature experiences and have that kind of a healing experience. There are many, many different kinds of healing, just as there are, I heard you talking before about um, working in homeopathics, and that's your choice. Whatever is comfortable, whatever is appropriate, you'll find that healing. After that, we then reconnect with our soul family. And we all have a soul family. And a lot of these people we may have lived with, worked with in life, but some of them we may never have seen again. But we will recognize them when we get back there because they are a soul family that we have been with forever and will be with them always in spirit. We also have extended soul families where we've got a whole lot of people around us, just like we have extended families in life. Mm -hmm. We have uh, various people that we uh, travel down to each incarnation with, and they might be a brother or a sister in one life. They might be a father in another life. They might be a, a friend. They might be a, uh, a colleague. They might well be our worst enemy in another life. We're all working together to help each other in these various scenarios. It's it's a bit like being an actor in a theatre. You come down, you're cast in the play. All sorts of things happen. Uh, end of the show all the actors take off their costumes all go off and have a party and they're all good mates even though they might have been battering each other to pieces on stage or on the film and then they go back into life and wait for the next role to come along as above so below is a concept that I've used a lot in my books and we do reflect a lot of activities on earth that are in the afterlife so that's the the beginning of the journey there Robert Uh, once we get back we're welcomed and we end up back in that part of the afterlife that reflects the development of our soul. The afterlife is all around us. It's not up there or down there or, or wherever. It is in much the same space as we are. It vibrates at a much, much higher rate than we do here on Earth. And it has many, many different planes or spheres. And as we increase our vibrations as a soul, as we develop, so then we end up back in that area of the afterlife that is appropriate to us. And we end up there, even though it's like, say, living in New York. You might have lots of family and, and friends who live in various parts of New York, and that reflects their tastes, their abilities, their, their life path, their socioeconomic uh, position, etc., etc. You all live in the same place of New mm-hmm. York. But you're living in various different conditions, same in the afterlife, and it depends on you as to where you are residing at any one time in any of your journeys back into the afterlife. That's why we come uh, down to Earth, to learn, have experiences, and grow.
0: Now, uh, in your situation, um, you've had, like everybody, many, many past lives. In this one where you were the World War I soldier and you came back now uh, – I know it it must be relatively random, but is there a time frame? uh, Let's talk about time a little bit. One is, is there a time frame that usually elapses between lifetimes or could it be 250 years or, you know, a thousand years or could you go to another planet? And, And then secondly, is time bent where, you know, your experience in Brian's life from the World War II soldier into the afterlife, and you're experiencing this life almost at the same time. Could you talk about the concepts of the time in the afterlife between lives on Earth or wherever? Sure. And also the potential of bending time where, you know, could it be that everything's happening at the same time?
1: Well, this is what quantum uh, physics is teaching mm-hmm. at the moment. In fact, I'm, I'm doing some studies in this area at the moment of quantum consciousness, and I'll be talking about that um, in a week or two on my own radio program, Radio Out There, uh, because the quantum theory is that we are living all of these lives at the same time, and we are living in parallel universes, parallel existences, which bends my mind a lot, uh, and it's very difficult to to comprehend right. that we can be still living and we can still be doing things in in other lives. But I guess in a way it does answer a lot of questions. Um, but as far as uh, the the question of of past lives is concerned, uh, I've got to go back. What was the first part of your question again? Can
0: About uh, the usual the time frame. You know, I guess it's random. But, yep, that's right. Yeah, between lives. I mean sure. you came no, back. Is. I, is that was that quickly yep. that you came back? Because you just dis- discuss in the books about, you know, you have some time to heal, to learn, to enjoy, and then at a certain point, depending on yep. your soul development, you know, it's like time to go back, or you get kicked up to the next level.
1: Yeah, well this is it. And there is no such thing as yes, you are over in the afterlife for so many earth years. Okay, time's up, off you go, bye. It doesn't happen like that. (laughs) Everything is to the unique um, journey of that individual. Now, between my... I I passed in my previous life. I was killed on the 1st of July, 1916. Mm -hmm. Now, I was reborn um, 26 years later in 1942. (laughs) Pardon me. So that was a short time. There are more and more people on Earth all the time, and there are new souls being uh, created, which Uh I talked about in our Goodbyes. But uh, over many years, because we only had such a small population on Earth, there was quite often a long wait in between lives for spirits. They had to sort of wait until opportunities came along. Now with uh, a vast population on the Earth, there's a lot more uh, opportunities for people to come back A lot quicker I mean my son for instance Was born in 1966 He has vivid past life memories Of being shot down as a pilot In World War II And that would have been in the 40s So he would he, mm-hmm. he came back In something like uh, maybe 20 years, 21 years So there, a lot of people are coming back A lot quicker these days But once again that depends on the individual And your development in between lives and in my case, in the First World War, I was only nineteen or twenty when I died. So mm-hmm. it was a young life. And when we go back to the afterlife, we're looking at what we've done, what we've learned, and preparing ourselves. We're resting too, but we're preparing ourselves for our next life. So if we've only had a short time in life, we've only got a certain amount of stuff to look back on. It's doing a, It's like a life review. Is sort of like at the end of a. Of a baseball or a football game or something, the coach right. sits done. We look at all the video, we uh, we look at everything and say, okay, guys, what what mistakes have we made? How we won, we lost, whatever. Uh, how can we work it out next time so that we we uh, winners? What can we learn from this experience? Same thing in the afterlife. We are shown um, through holographic images in many other ways what we've done. We relive certain experiences when we get back there. So if there's a lot of experiences, we've made a lot of mistakes, we've got a lot of lessons to learn to go over, then that will affect how long we're going to be back in the afterlife before we come here again. But you also asked about other planets. And mm-hmm. yes, there are more and more people, interestingly enough, in this consciousness study that I'm doing at the moment, a lot of people are being taken down into deep consciousness studies, and they are recalling, and whether it's simultaneous or whether it's other lives or whatever, this is the interesting thing, they are uh recalling or um seeing themselves in other existences on other mm-hmm. worlds and in other dimensions Amazing. We're really going into some pretty deep
0: stuff here robert you got a whole that's another that's a that's a series of books you got there for yourself barry um i reckon <laughs> let's 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 talk about um some specific things with the akashic record so somebody's going back in the uh, uh, they're doing their life review. What are the things that um, that are most important when you're meeting with your committee, if you will? Um, you know, uh, a- a- that's question part A. Part B is, can you impact the karma and the lessons that you are, maybe you made a mistake in this life. Can you make up for it in this life so you don't have to come back and live out the inverse of what happened? Two questions there. Sorry. Yeah, well,
1: that's 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 a great possibility. And we're always working on our karma. We're working on developing our soul. So mm-hmm. obviously, if we've increased our soul vibration because of the lessons we've learned, we all make mistakes. Everybody on the planet makes mistakes. We wouldn't be right. here otherwise. Yeah. We've all got challenges to face. And if we can balance our karma, I was always told this years ago when I was studying with a guy who, who graduated from a mystery school and started giving me some lessons. And he was saying, we need to balance our karma before we leave each lifetime. Now, that's not always possible. So, but that answers that particular question for you mm-hmm. um, about balancing the karma. And, and, yes, we do bring karma back from previous lives. We do bring things back um, to, to, to be able to work on, and that's, that's really important. But we don't have to always take it back and uh, work on it. But with the, with the committee that we work with back in the afterlife... We do have life reviews, and we we work with the elders. Basically, they're, they're just elder spirits, they're mature spirits, and they, they work with us when we go back. We have a life review. Just as I said before, uh, the team sits down with a coach at the end of a big game. You look at the vision back again, and you see who did this, who did what, and you work out where you went wrong, where you went right, and what you can do next time. And you do this with your particular group of elders, it might be one, mm-hmm. two, three, might be a dozen of them. Who knows everybody's different, but there's none of this judgment, there's no finger pointing. You made that mistake. Isn't that terrible? You know you will go to hell. None of that rubbish you are uh, You are given the opportunity to experience what you've done. So say you hurt somebody emotionally or even physically. Mm-hmm. You are given the opportunity to feel what it was like to experience that from their point of view in your life review. There's no judgment, as I said. If any judging goes on, you're judging yourself, but you are learning. It's a continual life process, but it's being done with love and with understanding to make you realize and take responsibility for yourself, your actions, your thoughts, and your deeds.
0: How about, um, let's talk about free will for a moment, because it sounds like, you know, you you set up kind of the game plan. Okay. With the committee, you're going to go and the elders, you're going to go back into being a human being again. And you're going to, you kind of choose your family and your situation. And here's the things I want to learn. But once you're there, I mean, uh, let me give you an example. I think you might be able to change the path a little bit because of free will. This is just my theory. I want to bounce it off you. I'll give you an example. I, I had an opportunity, uh, a, uh, Diagnosis of opportunity a year ago complete surprise to me. I was running. I had incre- incredible pain. I found out I had a kidney stone. They did a cat scan on me. I had a growth on each of my kidneys uh, i wouldn't have known about it for ten years uh, and i would have been it would have been a completely different situation. I had two robotic surgeries. That was a year ago i've changed my diet, everything else. I feel fantastic, and in my gut, I feel that. I somehow have altered what may have been laid out for me. Is that possible for people?
1: Look, very much so. We do uh, plan or we we help plan our lives. We don't just suddenly say, hey, I want that person as my mother. I want that person as my father I don't cast the play that I'm about to go into that's mm-hmm. done by the director and the director is on the other side so I am part of I, I was given a choice of a couple of different lives to come back to this time around to learn the lessons now the one that I chose was the one uh, as, as Barry in Australia and that's mm-hmm. fine now Part of my preparation is to understand what, as Barry, I would be facing, what abilities I would be given, what challenges Mm -hmm. I would have, what karma I had to work out, and Mm -hmm. there would be certain destiny points along the way. Now, I equate these to like the plot points in a movie or a TV show where mm-hmm. when you're writing a script like this, you have certain major plot points that come in and everything happens. Sure. To the hero all of a sudden uh, you know, has a dreadful problem and has mm-hmm. to make this massive decision in life. Exactly. Uh, is he going to marry the girl or is he going to go off with um, his true love and ride off into the West? All mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Now, this happens in life. We have these series of destiny points along the way. Opportunities, people to meet, areas to go, places to travel, All of these things are major destiny points. But in between, we have free will. So if an opportunity comes up as a destiny point, an opportunity to, for instance, go into this relationship, if I choose to go into the relationship, that will open up a different path for me. If I choose Mm -hmm. not to, that's my free will. I'm going Mm -hmm. against uh, what may have been a certain path because I'm opening up a new path for myself with that free will, but it was an opportunity that was given to me. And it may Mm -hmm. well be that that person that I was going to have the relationship with would have helped me some way or would have hindered me. But that is up to me, and that is my free will. And the mistakes that I make and learning from my free will is what life is all about. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. Um, let's talk a little bit about No Goodbyes because it's, it's, your, it's your new book. Ha, what new areas do you cover in No Goodbyes that aren't covered in Afterlife? Afterlife, to me, set the template of the story of Brian, you passed over everything that happened along the way to get you back into this life. No uh, Goodbyes takes a little bit of a different tack, goes into a deeper dive into different areas. What can readers expect to get from No Goodbyes?
1: Well, the, the subheading of No Goodbyes is life-changing insights from the other side. Now, I've connected with a group of spirits over there, and uh, I didn't realize it was a group of spirits. I thought it was this guy that I knew uh, and had worked briefly with, a well-known Australian film writer and producer, John Dingwall. I thought uh, when I communicated with John via a trans medium that all of a sudden he had the knowledge of the universe at his fingertips. So I thought, wow, John, you're really doing really. must be a very old, experienced soul. Anyway, I found out that he is basically what I call the spoke spirit for about 95 to 100 different spirits at various levels in the afterlife. And they want a certain amount of information to come out to us here on Earth that is going to help us face the challenges, particularly the challenges of the 21st century as we go along. Mm-hmm. And they want to take the mystery out of life, not only the, the fear of death and, and learning how to grieve and everything like that, and cope with with, uh, people um, leaving our life temporarily. But they wanted to cover various things. You've already talked about time. There are many, many different other aspects. talked about destiny, about life contracts, Mm. about very controversial subjects like homosexuality, uh, talking about controversial subjects like uh, euthanasia. They wanted to give information for me to write in this book now, mm-hmm. I, I didn't set out to write this book. I was told to write this book. Mm-hmm. After I'd contacted John for, for Afterlife and done a, a bit of work with him there, I just got back in with him through my uh, my friend, the uh, trans medium, who brings him through, and just to say, hello, John, great. Thanks very much for everything, whatever, whatever. And he said, hang on, what do you mean thanks very much? We're not finished here. We've only just started. We've got at least <laughs> one more book to write. Oh, what? Okay, so, and they had all this information that they want to get out there. Now, I'm Mm -hmm. not the only person. I'm not Mr. Privileged here in Australia saying, you know, look at me, look at me. Um, I am one of many people getting information out that they want to get out on the other side. They want us to know that things like GMOs are very, Mm -hmm. very dangerous. They want us to know that where we are heading uh, in certain aspects of our life, we have really got to watch our step. They want us to know there are life-changing uh, things that are happening in the next few years on this planet. And they, they want us to look at our behavior. They want us to look at certain things, as I said, like like uh, euthanasia, like prison. They're very concerned about right. a vast amount of people going to prison and just ending up... Because prisons are a, a huge well of negativity and dark spirits. Okay. There are dark spirits. There's no such thing as hell... There are lower levels of the afterlife where you go to if you've been a pretty nasty sort of a person. You don't go over there and all of a sudden get welcomed with open arms. You've got to go there and atone for what you've done. But in prison, these dark spirits who, who who want to come back and hang around here are there, and they are controlling things. And it's not it's it's just not possible for the for the love and the light of the of the uh, the light workers in the uh, world of spirit to be able to get down there and help. So they want us to know about these sort of things. So these are life-changing insights to help all of us, and that's what I've written about in No Goodbyes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's
0: interesting on uh, the subject of prisons. Uh, the other thing is that they're they're now privatized in this country, and uh, so they're money makers. And the focus isn't on rehabilitation or consciousness; it's basically punishment and and cost per prisoner and it's it's a real shame and it's a it's a tragedy i'm glad that obama you know whatever people think of obama at least he's uh he's addressed that as 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 an issue uh so uh we'll see what happens with that um last question for you because i know i that's what they wanted uh,
1: they wanted to point that yes i go
0: no 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 please you continue
1: Oh, that's that's the reason they, they want to point these things out to us from the other side. They can't change our lives. I mean, we can do that, but they right. can point us in certain directions say, hey, look, you guys, you really need to pay attention to these areas. And prison's just one of them.
0: You know, it's interesting. I got called, uh, and I'm sure for a reason, on a jury trial about two years ago. And I had the time to do it, and it was a uh, it was a conspiracy thing. And it was gun running, and the the guy was so guilty; it was ridiculous. And we had a you know it was there was you couldn't you couldn't not be he couldn't not be guilty. They had everything on him, and but he was a low he was he wasn't a he wasn't a power broker. He was a pawn, and you know they don't tell you what the sentence is. And I read afterwards, and I felt like okay, we did the right thing because we couldn't not convict this guy. Yet I read in the paper because it was a it was a pretty important case here in New York. I read a couple of weeks later about his sentencing, and I looked it up. I couldn't believe the sentence they gave this guy. And it's like that's it. He's done. His life is over, and he was just not educated basically. And that was and it's just a tragedy. So I'm I'm so glad that the issue of the prison system is, is coming to light because it's something we really need to work on. But off subject a little bit, tell us a last question for you, John, before we get your uh, uh, Barry, before we get your information out there. And that is um, Judy. How has your relationship with Judy evolved since all of this began?
1: Very much uh, in the positive. Uh, as I, st- I, I ran a spiritual development group all through the night, all through the uh, the first 10 years of this uh, decade Uh, This um, millennium, I should say. And Judy used to come along and and bring spirits along to the group, and I would connect with them. I called her my little spirit wrangler. Anyway, we we work together a lot. She's helped me with a book. She's part of John's group. Uh, She's part of the 95 to 100 spirits that are there, so she's coming through. She's probably around me right now. And another wonderful medium I worked with by the name of Val Hood Val well, as a UK medium who's now living here in Australia, she's got an amazing connection with Judy, and I've written about it in No Goodbyes. And she just brought some some information through, incredible information, because Judy has advanced a lot in the spirit world. She's gone up a couple of spheres since she's been working over there. and She's now working, helping people in many different ways, including working with former skeptics who've created a lot of problems in this life. She's working with them and helping them understand what they have done and what chaos they've, they've created through their skepticism. That's another question. But mm-hmm. Judy, is, Judy and I are not in constant contact now because she has moved off into other parts of the afterlife. And um, but we're, we're still there, and we still have this huge love that goes across the uh, the great divide, shall we say?
0: What would be final question before we get your social media information, Barry? Um, what would be your advice to people? I think on the planet now, there's a lot of people who are interested in being made aware of you know consciousness and frequency and vibration and there there's some of us out there i'm not saying i'm included but there's some people like yourself who are who are being put at the for, put at the forefront to educate other people and maybe you know with my show and all that i'm i'm helping i'm helping get the word out there but for the average person who is so busy with their day-to-day lives and they're paying their bills and keeping their job and feeding their families and they want to do more they want to have they, they don't want to just exist and react. They want to live. What would be your advice based on all your learning about spirit as to what they should do to make the most of their existence on this plane right now?
1: Well, it's a matter of learning to balance your life, Robert, a lot. So that, yeah, we all have mortgages to pay. We all have jobs. We have families. We have problems. We have bills, everything. that That's part of life. But if we allow that to overcome our direction in life, then we are creating problems for ourselves. We are creating some of these karmic situations. We're not attending to why we're really here. And understanding our life purpose is extremely important. And this is where things like astrology can help so much to be Mm -hmm. able to understand your life purpose. And once you're in touch with that, you realize then that you're moving on a different path. Some of these karmic issues that may have um, been dormant arise and you get a chance to work on them now it's a balance you can't do this all the time some people can some people can go off and live in a cave up in the mountains and and, Mm -hmm. just chant and meditate all day you know good luck to them but for the rest of us who are living in the world we've got to be able to balance it a little bit of meditation a little bit of conscious working on these areas and understanding and a creative intent creating the the intention to do something is the beginning. You can't do anything unless you have that intention. Mm-hmm. Because thought creates reality. And then Got it's it. wanting to, wanting to learn. There's an old teach, There's an old saying that when the pupil is ready, the teacher will appear. And it yep. will happen. If you open yourself up, do a bit of meditation, do a bit of reading, uh, do whatever, give yourself that opportunity, that quiet time away from the noise, away from the, from the mad, mad clamor of life and give that intention, things will happen, little things, subtle things, but you've got to be ready to look for the signs.
0: Yeah. You know, I found one, you know, to just continue on that one thought real quick is that I found a key to that. I've just learned it. I'm talking about in the last month that the one thing that we need to do, kind of maybe, I'm not saying it's a final piece, but it's an important piece is when you want to have that change, when you want to manifest some of your intentions and thoughts you have to make room for them by you have to get yeah. rid of some stuff. It's like cleaning out the closet. You have to make room for the things that you want to bring into your life. Do you think that's accurate, Barry?
1: Look, that's a kind of a, a thought just popped into my mind. It's like a spiritual feng shui because uh, feng shui means get rid of that clutter out mm-hmm. of your life, make some room. So if you do that spiritually, if you do that emotionally and, and allow that in, yeah, I mean, you can't. You can't possibly keep doing everything with a house full of clutter. And if your internal house, your emotional and spiritual house is all cluttered up, yeah, I agree. That's a really good thought.
0: Great. Well, listen, you've been fantastic. You're a gentleman. I have to tell everybody, buy these books, Afterlife and also No Goodbyes, uh, Life-Changing Insights from the Other Side, Barry Eaton. Barry, where can we find more about you? Uh, where can we get the books? What's next for you, et cetera? Please tell our listeners where we can learn more
1: okay all righty well the, the both books are published in the United States from Tarcher which is mm-hmm. a wonderful uh, publisher
0: part, part of Penguin of yep. the
1: mm-hmm. Penguin group of, yep yep and uh, they're available in bookstores of course they are available online through places like Amazon Barnes Noble, and Noble and book Depository. in many different places and uh, they're available of course in uh, print form or you can download them uh, Find out about me? Well my radio program, Radio Out There, which is three words mm-hmm. that all joined together, uh, if you Google Barry Eaton and, and Radio Out There, that'll link you across to, to my books. I've got two websites, Great. one for Afterlife and one for No Goodbyes, and some excerpts from the book and, and various things like that. But uh I, I think Radio Out There, which I I do similar to you, Robert, I do it every week and mm-hmm. I have a whole range of different guests on but I've got links across to both of my books on that so radiooutthere.com is the uh, is the website to head for there
0: fantastic well you're a gentleman and uh and a scholar too in this area for sure and it's you know I I admire you because you're doing a lot of things that I'm kind of heading towards you've had a life you were in PR I, I, ideas you have fulfilled a lot of that and it keeps blossoming for you and uh i'll keep watching you as a as a beacon and i i i hope you'll be kind enough to come back to the show at some point because i've got about 20 other questions i didn't even get to and i'd like to get deeper into the books if that's okay maybe in a couple of months
1: yeah sure robert only too pleased. anytime right. you like
0: okay well thanks so much okay. Barry. thank you
1: very much for the opportunity no okay, thank you here. for the opportunity and, and thank you to all your listeners
0: Okay, thank you very much. Okay, folks, that's our show. Barry Eaton, No Goodbyes, Life-Changing Insights from the Other Side, and his other book is Afterlife, Uncovering the Secrets of Life After Death. Fascinating books. He's a fascinating guy and a true gentleman, and I'm very pleased that he was uh, graced us with his presence on the show. That's our Guys Guys radio show for this week. Uh, next week we're back with uh, Randy Rogers has a book about um, – Kind of a similar topic, but he takes it uh, in a very different way. The Key to Life is the name of his book, and we'll have him next Wednesday. But in the meantime, if you catch it, enjoy the Republican debates. Enjoy the World Series. Enjoy the fall. And remember, guys, guys, finish first.